0: Hello, this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And here we are, almost in November. In our at-home studio. Yes, but we have been traveling, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But we have a very jam-packed show for you today, featuring the two of us no extra interviews no other voices we want you to stay tuned because we have um a bit of eclectic and wide-ranging series of uh, reports for you from the RV world plus a fabulous feature about dig and the on on the road wireless internet which has changed uh, substantially in the last few years and i thought maybe it was time for an RV navigator update Da-da-da-da-da. what's dig Stay tuned. Oh, I'm not okay. going to give away the end at the beginning because we want we people shouldn't to shouldn't make
1: stay t- reference to things people don't see, know what even, they are. I don't even
0: always tell you, see, because you're supposed to ask pertinent Stupid questions, questions. At, the, at the end. But people will want to dig us. Okay. Bad pun, but okay. No, it's true. They dig. We are always fascinated with uh, RVing as uh, it's done in other countries. And because they're English-speaking, our Aussie friends as well as our British neighbors um, are... Uh, particularly interesting um, for us because their style of RVing and, or camping is very different than ours. And we thought maybe you'd like to uh, look at a report, a video report from the RV show in uh, England. And uh, of course there is called Caravanning. And I put a link to this on the RV Navigator website. Oh, we forgot to give our contact information. What is our RV website? RVnavigator.com Okay. And that's where the link will be? And then the Email, which we always like to encourage our listeners to send us email, and we have several emails included in today's report. We don't want to slight anybody. We want them to keep in touch with us so that we can give them the information that they want to hear. Navigator at rvnavigator.com. So send us an email when you get a chance, and you'll find the link to this uh, show. Caravanning in England video, video on the website. So take a look at that. But we also received a couple of emails from listeners in Australia.
1: And while we love all of our listeners equally, yes. somehow it just tickles my fancy that people so far away are listening listening to us. Yes, and this is And this first one is from a new listener in Australia who says, I've recently had the pleasure of downloading and listening to your podcasts. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts with the planet. <laughs> it's appreciated.
0: After but it per- is true. We do share with the planet.
1: After perusing your website, I have included a picture of our rig as it crossed the Nullarbor, which is some kind of desert, as I recall. Mm. We do things a little differently. And when
0: you see the pictures, you'll be surprised.
1: Than you guys, to say the least. We live on the Bellarine Peninsula in Victoria, Australia. We have the bug and travel as much as we can. We are leaving at 9 a.m. in the morning for a few (laughs) weeks away. Whoa. It's our fourth trip this year, and Kim, my other half, and I are most excited. Tonight is spent filling iPads to capacity with movies, books, music, and podcasts. Yay. We don't have a satellite dish, and there's nothing being broadcast (laughs) where we are going. (laughs) Oh. Australia is a big, empty country west of the Great Dividing Range, and we love the isolation. We didn't see a soul for weeks. Once again, thanks for the entertainment you have provided, and in a strange way, you are coming <laughs> with us via your podcast. At some stage over the next few weeks, yours will be the only voice for oh. hundreds and hundreds of miles. <laughs> what a grim thought that well, is.
0: <laughs> oh, well, they'll have to give us a report of how they like hearing our voices is the only ones for hundreds of miles around. Anyway, that's kind of a Does awesome responsibility for we us. made me think
1: about could we have a similar experience like that in this country? I mean, there are areas of Nevada well, and Arizona that are pretty
0: yeah desert. Yeah, but not going for days and days and days, I don't think. I mean, you cross the and desert. And could you and- get
1: radio everywhere in the U.S.?
0: Well, not, certainly with satellite, we could. <laughs> yeah. Satellite radio? Yeah. I mean, we listen to the satellite radio yeah. everywhere. But I don't know if there is satellite radio in For Australia.
1: Yeah. They'll have to write again and let us know. Have,
0: we have um, been very happy with... XM? XM, yes. And uh, XM is is great. And I hope that uh, all of our listeners are XM or Sirius listeners they merged didn't they yes but uh-huh. you still they still have two things
1: and then we also got an email from um al in australia i consider al's um ken's our... doppelganger <laughs> in the, the lower hemisphere Well, if you our... live near to each other you would be with one another incessantly because yes. he's so much like you
0: well and he's giving us a report from an rv rally so we're going to talk about a rally and he's going to talk about a rally so we have a lot in common this is very strange.
1: Having done quite a bit of research so far, we have come to the conclusion that the coachman, Murata might be the motorhome for us. They are imported to Australia from the U.S. From the U.S. And undergo quite a bit of work to make them comply to Australian standards. There is the conversion to right-hand drive.
0: (laughs) No, wait a minute, wait a minute. That would be a necessity. Well, but listen, how do you take an American RV, Class A, and switch the driver's side. He just cut a hole oh, and move it off <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of casually mentions this. It seems but this casual is not, to me, too. It's not exactly. I mean, the other stuff I can kind of understand. Converting to 240 volts. Okay, you can a do that. A
1: second door is put on the left yeah. side of the rig in the bedroom. And the propane system is mostly replaced, including replacement of the fixed tank with smaller removable LPG tanks. Appliances might also get replaced. Why do they have to switch the propane? Do you understand Because that? they don't
0: have the connectors, I would have assume i mean our do. tanks we have 20 and 30 pound tanks and what tanks we've seen over there are about 10 but that doesn't
1: mean you couldn't keep pumping well they
0: have a different i know the ones we have seen they had a different uh-huh. connector
1: yeah and i remember those people who took their motor home to mm-hmm. europe they had to replace their connectors on their propane uh,
0: maybe that's it yeah if you had, because this would ordinarily have a frame mounted tank so maybe al you could give us a further explanation.
1: Also, since this coach has a gas engine and our unleaded <laughs> petrol is quite expensive at Australian dollar 1.26 per liter, <laughs> she kindly con- translated for us into 4.61 per gallon wow. US. That takes the breath away. Importers install an LPG injection system replacing the LPG tank where the propane tank was. This conversion makes the cost of running this RV about the same as a diesel and possibly cheaper when you take into account the extra servicing complexities of a diesel coach
0: we may have wow. mentioned this before but a propane butane and lpg are to us the same stuff so i'm not sure exactly why they're having to make those conversions but must be economy i don't know i'm surprised and then we uh, also have another email <laughs> from listener Ron. Who I don't think is in Australia. No, no, no. He's not in Australia. But he talks about uh, a, a story that... that am <laughs> so scared the living daylights out of you. Oh.
1: We did have a funny thing, well, funny now, happened to us on our way home from Spokane. Thought it might be funny enough for you to put on your website. We were heading home from Spokane, lost in our thoughts, chatting about how well our trip had gone for our first outing. We were completely lost in our thoughts as a bridge came into view. The instant we began to cross the bridge, we heard the loudest horn either of us have ever heard in our lives. I just knew I had made some serious driving error, and soon some 18-wheeler would send us to eternity.
0: Off the bridge.
1: Ooh. As we waited to die, <laughs> Sandy looked down and realized this bridge was over directly over railroad tracks, and the, road we, the noise we heard was the train engineer honking his horn while we were directly over him. Scared doesn't describe it, but we know now that our hearts are in good shape. <laughs> it took a long time to calm down again, and we laughed about it all the way
0: home. Great story, Ron. Yes, that would be very, very shocking if you, as you're going over a bridge. All right, are we going to talk about this story or not? It's up to you.
1: If you do, I'll have unkind things to say about it.
0: Oh, really? Unkind things? Well, okay, then I want to hear what these are going to be. So I always uh, pull out kind of the weird and wacky stories, but we have here a list of the top ten nude RV camping spots in America. Whether you're a full-time naturalist or a social nudist, knowing (laughs) 10 (laughs) RVs. Okay, I'm done done talking about this now. (laughs) But if you're interested in nude RVing, you can um, go to our website, and I will put the link up there for you to... um, click on and and see what the top 10 sites are that you could uh, enjoy
1: dear listener you should know that ken gets all credit and all blame for the <laughs> <laughs> agenda items on our monthly podcasts and when i saw he put this on there my reaction reaction was why is this here who would want to know about this so if i'm wrong dear <laughs> listeners and you are into <laughs> nude camping <laughs> please email us and let us know yeah <laughs> correct me in the air of my thinking <laughs>
0: Because this is not the first time we've mentioned that. But I always consider it wacky and bizarre because it seems um, kind it of It seems I mean, wacky and bizarre. seems wacky and bizarre, right. Okay, so this month we traveled to a place called Park County, Indiana. And this was just a short trip kind of uh, ending up the season. At the end of the trip, I had to do the usual winterizing of the RV, putting it to sleep for a couple of months. That's what's bad. It's not for the whole winter. It's only until January.
1: Well, you could put it to sleep for the whole winter and stay home. Give me a break. That's what I thought you'd say.
0: <laughs> but it seems like kind of a waste. But I know that it's going to get cold in the next couple of months. And so I had to winterize it. Uh, every year I always forget something. When you have a large RV, I guess there's always little pockets of things that moisture, freeze. But we'll see what happens this year. Well, last year we lost a sprayer that had water in it. But this year we won't lose it because... I put the... Yeah,
1: and I left a pop bottle in there.
0: (gasps) Yeah, that's right. It didn't explode. We were very lucky. But anyway, we went to um, a place called Tricky Run State Park, and it's in Park County. And the reason why you go to Park County, County, Indiana, and this is something you might want to put on your list of, of destinations, is that it has more... Covered bridges than any other part of the United States, and there are like 32 of them. So in a very small area. In a very small area, and we thought with the fall colors and uh, being mid-October that it would be and that would be south for us, that it would be a little bit warmer. And the weather was was indeed beautiful. The trees were not so beautiful, but it was uh, interesting to see all of the parks. So in the four days that we were there, you could easily see all 32 of the covered covered bridges. bridges and take some nice pictures. And I'll put a couple of those on the website but and it's um, a
1: nice state park with
0: a lot of nice hiking trails this gave me a chance to do something else that uh, has bothered me for a while and we constantly get emails and I read uh, segments on the RV websites about the fact that RVing is not economical because the gas mileage is high, and the price of fuel is high.
1: And we have a friend right now who we're trying to lure into the RV lifestyle, and it seems like he focuses obsessively on the gas mileage of the vehicles he's considering purchasing. And while, yes, that is a factor, uh, we feel that he's not seeing the big picture in this regard.
0: So the interesting thing we did on this trip, which I don't usually do, is is that um, the trip we filled up with uh, diesel just before leaving, and I filled up again once we arrived home. So that it will be ready to go in January uh, in the freezing cold, and we wanted to be sure that it had as much winter diesel in it as possible. So this gave us a chance to actually see what it was going to cost us in terms of f- fuel mileage uh, to get to park county indiana which is about 210 miles from our house so this is a nice weekend trip a four day trip and a lot of people would say well it isn't worth going in the rv because it's just too expensive to drive it down there and of course we have one of the least fuel efficient rvs around although we do get uh, eight and a half miles a gallon or so so i came home after four days of camping and we put in 147 dollars and change of diesel now that's a lot of money Yes, it is. We spent $25 a night for camping, which was $100. So the trip cost us $247. For now, I'm not eight. adding anything else onto there because we would have eaten the same food at home as we did on, on the RV trip. Because we take along, Most of it was out of our own refrigerator anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we had a couple of meals out, but we would do that probably at home anyway. Mm-hmm. And so we ate breakfast and dinner at, in the RV and some lunches on the road. And so the expenses we had were pretty much exactly as they would be at home. So that trip cost us $247. Mm-hmm. Now, we make the comparison. For those people who have done this, um, we went over to the Turkey Run state park Inn, a very attractive building we stayed at the turkey run state park campground and so both were run by the state of indiana or franchised or something and the turkey run Inn was 102 dollars per night at this time of year and if you could get if you could get in <laughs> um, they were full up but 102 dollars a night is obviously 408 dollars for the four nights And it would cost you at least $50 in gas for the round trip. I'm giving you a break there. From our home. Uh, In a car. So it's going to cost you $458 just to get started to sleep and to get there to sleep and to get there and we would have to add in uh, meals because you'd Eating have to eat three full time. meals a day or whatever you your family eats out uh, the activities we did you know driving around to the to the park county bridges and hiking in the woods and that sort of stuff was all pretty much free um or include. and we played golf and that's right we played golf
1: <laughs> For twelve dollars,
0: well, that, a- anybody 18, could do that. Eighteen right?
1: holes in a cart for
0: twelve dollars each. Twenty-four dollars for eighteen. A round of eighteen with with uh, a cart.
1: Of course, the course was <laughs> worth about what we paid for it. But nevertheless, well, it was okay, it was it was fun.
0: But that, but, but that's,
1: you would do that in a car or in a motorhome. That's, that's a wash. It, that's
0: incidental. So those people who talk about the gas mileage, even on a short trip, they just are not making the right calculations here, as far as I can see. Now I'm not considering the amortization of the RV or the car, the which you would have to take down there. You know that's m- money under the bridge.
1: Well, it isn't. It isn't.
0: Well, but you could you you might be paying the same thing on a car if you had you, a fancy car. You'd be paying a lot more on a motorhome. You would be. Well, I'm not including that cost. I'm not including the cost of ins- per mile of insurance and all that sort of stuff. Um, another factor we have um, we have another calculation of this, and I'm going to include uh, this link, but uh, we'll read this to you but so that you can look at it. And they did a comparison of um, people going to Walt Disney World. So the fuel was for 1,990 miles at 26 miles a gallon, at $208. Hotel and six meals for four people at Cracker Barrel restaurant both ways, $80. Blah 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 blah. And hotel traveling, and if you drove, their calculation was that you would spend $35.70 for a trip to Disney World. Now. If you're in a motor coach going the same thing, 1,990 miles at 7.5 miles per gallon, which is less than what we get, um, they would use 266 gallons and 798. Yes, you're going to use a lot more fuel, and it's going to cost you a lot more. It's a campground. Um, whew, campground in disney for 107 dollars a night but and the park tickets and everything but the bottom line is that their calculation was that it would cost 2704 for those people doing um, camping and that's a big difference i would say so camping to me or RVing in a in a motorhome actually comes out to be a very economical way to travel. And some of us need to be reminded of that every once in a while. That was heavy.
1: <laughs> Do you feel sanctimonious now? I
0: feel sanctimonious. <laughs> justifying my lifestyle. <laughs> but of course we wouldn't want to forget the dustometer.
1: I thought you wanted to talk about
0: Well, but we were we'll talk about that after the dustometer. The dust meter Calculates that in 10 years, your mattress, whether it's in the RV or at home, well, depending on how much you use it, will double in weight. And what is thousands of dust mites feast on your head skin cells and then digest them. The average queen size mattress weighs 65 pounds. Just think of how many creepy crawlies are in your bed having trouble imagining it the dust dustometer is here to help and of course there will be a link on the show notes webpage to, to show you exactly what the dust o meter does but if you're scared about your mattress having mites and stuff in it as a result uh, you it might to e- Yeah you might want to take a look at this we had the opportunity to buy a mattress and i was surprised that mattresses come with age limits on them you could buy a 1 year mattress or a 3 to 5 year mattress or a 10 to 15 year mattress
1: and even that makes me dubious i mean who was telling was us the this? Store. the salesman salesman from the mattress store yeah. who would encourage you to come back again real soon and buy another one but uh, i would have to say that we kept the mattress in our home apparently much
0: too long twice
1: not because it weighed too much i have a hard time wrapping my mind around that one but it was starting to cause me some back spasm
0: problems are you are you skeptical of information that i found on the Uh, Sometimes, yes. (laughs) No.
1: And I noticed that when we were on cruises and in certain hotels that had very firm mattresses, I felt a lot better than I did sleeping at home. And so that got us to replace our mattress at home, which is probably only two years old now and has, what, 20 pounds of (laughs) dust bunnies on it? (laughs) And more recently, we also replaced our our RV mattress. And I felt kind of guilty about the whole thing because Ken doesn't have these funky back issues that I do, Funky. and I ha- I forced the issue and we bought a bed at home that's sort of like laying on a marble slab, and I Indeed. felt bad that he was having to lay on a marble <laughs> slab with me. So that made us investigate the sleep number hey, it's mattress. it's worth
0: it to be married to you.
1: <laughs> Which, um, as you probably know, because well, the commercials are very pervasive, allows both people to dial in a number for the firmness.
0: Well, this is a, a fancy air them. mattress. Yeah. And a lot of RVs uh, in- I say come with sleep number beds in them
1: and certainly it's considerably lighter than even yes, which is one of the brand the new mattress without dust bunnies in it
0: so the dustometer doesn't apply so you don't have to worry about it getting heavier as you use it but the sleep number mattress as I said comes on several RVs uh, new and high-end but we found them to be very expensive anyway but it allows each sleeper to have uh, their own firmness. degree of firmness and it's got a little pump, and you plug it in, and it's actually very easy. It's very easy to use in the, and very easy to set up in the RV. Because it just we, came in a box. Yeah, we we looked at the Sleep Number website. They have all sorts of RV-oriented mattresses, short queens and various sizes that fit RVs. So they do make them specifically for RVs. You can look on the Camping World website. But surprisingly enough, we use a standard queen in our motorhome. We went to the Sleep Number store, the store our local store had the what we wanted for substantially less money than was available on the web. So that was good. So it pays even with Sleep Number to shop around. Between the store and the website, I guess, we got a sleep number bed and it came to our house through FedEx. In a box. In a box that wasn't actually all that big. That's right. So it would be, if you're putting it in your motorhome, you don't have to worry about having it delivered or anything Mm -hmm. and having guys install it as you would have to a bed or another mattress.
1: And it had very simple instructions for putting it together. Um, In my mind, I was comparing it to some Ikea furniture I've put together (laughs) over the years, which I inevitably
0: have to to take
1: apart again halfway through it because I've missed a critical step in the directions. But this was very easy to do uh, mm-hmm. very easy to inflate and so far we would give it good reviews good
0: reviews it feels a lot like a regular bed not like an air mattress even though it is they put cushioning over it and it comes with stuff that makes it feel like a regular bed so and i could use regular shoes. and you were afraid about rolling into me but because mine is substantially softer than yours but that has not really been an issue because her mattress is entirely independent of mine it's not connected at all so that if she's high, she would literally have to roll onto mine. But if she rolls even up to the corner of hers, it still doesn't come down. It's not affected by you at all. So we can give the sleep number thumbs up. So far. So far. I don't actually like to advertise for other websites or other podcasts, but we know that you like to listen to uh, other RV podcasts on the road. And a, a website that I will list here gives you five rv-oriented podcast for you to listen to and so we are interested and maybe our friends in australia would like to listen to them also of course the rv navigator is listed there and i might add that we would appreciate it if you would go to the itunes website and give us a review we've gotten several reviews but we'd like to be rated and we can't be rated if we don't have reviews so that if you do how many do we need I would say 10 or so. Oh, okay. So 10. That seems
1: feasible. (laughs) Should we write a few ourselves? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: great idea. (laughs) Well, don't make it sound like we wrote it, okay, if you guys write this. But but it would be nice if you go to the iTunes store and uh, write a review about the RV Navigator podcast. So so, because
1: we're fifth on this page, the other four are more popular than we are? Is that what that means? It doesn't
0: really indicate that, and I'm quite certain that's not true. Mm -hmm. But we have My RV Life, the Vintage Airstream Podcast, which would Mm. be a limited value, Mm -hmm. Living the RV Dream, uh, American RVer and the RV Navigator. The, you'll find that the orientation of the other, at least the RV, Living the RV Dream, and the RV, and American RVer are very different than ours. And I do listen to some of these, and uh, I would recommend that you also listen to them. And American RVer of is course, a video. You want to put the RV Navigator first. is a video one, right? Right. One of our concerns, we will never do video. We don't do any advertising. We don't want you to and see we what we, take, we look like. We don't take any money for anything. So our, our site is completely independent of anything else. just our own opinion so if you like what you hear (laughs) please tell us uh the other ones do take advertising and they push products and we will never do video because we want you to listen while you're driving down the road and at least two of these other ones do video so consider that as part of the deal and we want to talk about the site that lists the 50 top scenic byways in the United States. Now this is cool because we're always looking for cool places to go.
1: So this is put out by rvbusiness.com because I think we gave you some other scenic byways from yeah. USA Today a few months ago.
0: But this lists um, places that you might want to go and uh, you know take the journey down the road and that's the destination is the is the ride down the road. And we are planning on going, for instance, on the Natchez Trace next year. But they list 50 of them.
1: Yeah, we've the done Lincoln Heritage these.
0: Scenic Byway, the Florida Black Bear Scenic Byway, and Blue Florida. Ridge Parkway. We've done Blue Ridge, the Amish County Byway. We're not going to list all these by any means, but I would encourage you if you're looking for some destinations, kind of out of the way destinations, on your travels, you might want to take a look at uh, this website. Maybe RV our RV listeners could send us some great RV. Christmas wish list items. Christmas wish list items. Yes, because we do have the December issue and we should talk about great things that you would like to get from Chris for Christmas. But our buddy Steve, who's a listener from California, has uh, always keeps in touch with us <laughs> and keeps me up with the I have a hard time keeping up with the latest technology. And, of course, you know that we are very interested in the iPad and all things Apple. But he talks about Pan Digital, which is a competitive device that's about $150. And it is a reader for books, but it's not attached to any specific service. He uh, talks about it very happily as, uh, as something that would replace a Kindle.
1: He's interested in a lot of free books. He also he, he he gave you some sites on places to get books for free as well.
0: Okay, he also is provided us with some links that that our listeners might want to take a listen uh, take a look at, and those provide free eBooks that you can download to your iPad or your Pan Digital reader, or probably your Sony or your Kindle, and they are Calibre eBook and trulyfree.org. dot org. Do you have any books for free? The, the ones I've gotten for free
1: have been quite old and I usually like to read more current things. Yes. So,
0: I've <laughs> been looking for a jacket that would hold and that would have a pocket big enough to hold an iPad so that you could be cool and carry your iPad. Then You
1: better skip Thanksgiving cuz someone who's a bit portly already And who are you talking need about? A giant <laughs> jacket with giant bulging oh, pockets. You, you haven't seen this with thoughts, all these wires and wires
0: hanging no, out of no, no. the pocket. I found a website that makes techie vests and jackets. Actually, they make a huge range. They even oh have cool God. ones so that you can get at your gun in a hurry. I'm going to have to walk 20 feet ahead of you when you wear Now, this vest thing. has 24 pockets. Oh, my God. And it has, it has a... And then
1: you have to wait a wiring for system to put in your
0: headphones. While well, he looks through all his pockets trying to figure out no, he, where he puts stuff. Well... The issue here is that this is actually a way to bring stuff on the airplane without having to bring another suitcase because this, I mean, this, is a, this is a nice idea. If you put all of your electronic stuff on your person. Because we're reading that air,
1: some airlines are starting to weigh carry-ons,
0: which would be the kiss of death for us. <laughs> wait, 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 the carry-ons. <laughs> this is the Scotty vest, and it not only is a vest, but they it make jackets and all sorts of other things, but they're all designed with technology in mind. They have a wiring system for putting 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 your headphones on so that you don't have to have wires hanging outside, and they make it uh, (laughs) very easy to use all of your technology while you are on the road. If you are on a budget and you still want to RV, we have the Swiss Army Knife of RVing ready for you. I think you should have put this in
1: the joke section (laughs) of our program. But it appears to be serious. Uh, long ago, when we were still tent camping, Ken built this giant box that had all my cooking stuff in it. And, and you were very happy with it. And it was, it was helpful because it consolidated things and we didn't forget stuff. But this takes it to a whole new level. I'll redo the little item. Brought to you by the creative and handy folks at Swiss Army Knife, the Swiss Room Box, R-O-O-M-B-O-X, is a motorhome on a budget, so to speak, touting itself as the small... Smallest removable motorhome setup. <laughs> removable. The Swiss Room Box fits into most cars. I would say a hatchback would be a good idea. And comes with everything you'll need on your camping adventures. Just like the company's most famous offering, the Swiss Roombox Box is a multifunctional tool that doubles as a home away from home. It comes complete with a mini kitchen on wheels that features a toaster grill plate cooking gear italian mocha express coffee coffee machine machine. (laughs) this must come from europe water boiler and a burner gas with small and large cooking tables you can pretty much just pull over to the side of the road and whip up a feast (laughs) say goodbye to gross service station (laughs) sandwiches huh. It also comes with storage room for plates and cutlery for oh, four yes. people. Wow! When it's time to call it a day, the Swiss room box can transform into a bed that measures 185 by 120 centimeters, complete with a comfortable mattress, all in less than five minutes. Able to stand up to the wettest elements, this compact all-in-one camping tip kit it. comes with a mirror, an outdoor shower with hot outdoor tank, shower. a hot tank, hot water tank, and, and a, and a sink. sink. The Swiss room box uses a 12-volt car battery. It has a USB B connection. <laughs> so you can connect
0: appliances. <laughs> all of your appliances. Well, anyway, it looks pretty cool. And you can and put the
1: picture it, on the website has this not-all-that-attractive woman taking a shower <laughs>
0: outside of her car
1: with her Swiss room box. What a wild idea.
0: But she's not naked so she's not in the nude campus camping. No, (laughs) Well, if you want to turn your hatchback into an RV, into what they classify as a motorhome, this might be the place to do it. Oh, and then we have the interactive packing list. How many times have you forgotten stuff?
1: Almost every time I've gone anywhere.
0: (sighs) On our last trip, I forgot our... DVR.
1: So digital. we had no no recorded shows oh, to watch. That I hurt. thought Ken was going to go into no with, satellite. Withdrawal. You know? <laughs> we just had to talk to each other. So better. we
0: need an interactive packing list, and what this is is a website that has check boxes, uh, long lists of stuff. You check off the things that would would be appropriate for your particular needs, whether it be a suitcase trip or a camping trip. Check it off, and then. You can add stuff to it, but then you press print, and it prints out the checked-off items so that you will not forget your DVR in the future. So
1: you can customize it to whatever you need to bring and whatever kind of a trip you're doing. So it's appropriate for suitcase trips as well. Once
0: again, the link will be on the RV Navigator show notes page for November of 2010. All right, now time for our feature. (laughs) We've talked a lot already. The co-pilot is going to snooze now i want to talk to you about some of the things that have changed with uh data service Um, cell phones um have become much more than just phones and the amount of data and data refers to non-voice stuff that's coming over your phone and i have here a list of the Uh, the latest wireless internet, and how the data use has increased. And, of course, I'm going to make this available to you, but I'm going to read you some of the points. Mobile data demand will outstrip available wireless capacity in the near term. So no matter what AT&T, Verizon, or Sprint, or whoever tells you, there's going to be more demand for data than they can provide. Subscriptions to mobile data services has increased by 40, 40%
1: this is people tweeting and sending texts and that stuff too right? Well,
0: and and viewing web pages and Everything. downloading music and apps and average data consumed by phones increased 450% between 19 or 2009 and 2010 44 megabytes to 202 megabytes that's a big increase 42% of the customers are estimated to own a smartphone and a smartphone is one that can access data the blackberry consumes twice as much data monthly as a normal mobile headset. The iPhone consumes five times the data as a BlackBerry. That means that the user uses more than that. That's not the device itself. Air cards consume five consume five times more data monthly than and than the iPhone. Air card users consume 1.4 gigabytes per month, 56 times the amount of data used by regular cell phone. AT&T has seen mobile network traffic increase by 5,000%. And, of course, AT&T is the provider for all iPhones since becoming exclusive U.S. carrier of the iPhone in 2007, 5,000%. They have not been able to keep up users of clear 4G WiMAX service consume 7 gigabytes a month, 280 times the amount of data used by the regular cell phone. Anyway, the bottom line here is that the 245,912 cell towers in the United States are not going to be able to provide the kind of service that us RVers and other mobile data consumers are going to expect. First of all, a couple of definitions. One is broadband is high high speed internet access so you do get broadband over the cell phone these days um, if you have a smartphone that would be one of the droids or well uh, anyone that does web browsing and that sort of stuff and we talk these days about g4 service Um, g4 is the fastest and it's supposed to be faster than g3 unfortunately g4 service is not available in many cities and never in the countryside so you're not getting high speed internet any place that's not in one of the listed cities.
1: Does all this stuff you're saying pertain to anybody who's not living in the United States, even Canadians?
0: Ooh, I would really like to hear from you guys. I don't know about other countries. you know that you're talking about U.S. situation? Yes, I do. Now, G3 service, which is something we hear all about, and everybody's supposed to have 3G service, does not exist in a large number of places either. As we know from using our... AT&T phone that we can talk on the phone in many places, but we can't do data because it's just too slow because they don't have 3G everywhere, including in Park County, Indiana, where we didn't get to the 3G service at all. And that's kind of a a misnomer because AT&T says we have broad coverage throughout the United States and if you go to any rural area, you don't have 3G. And I suspect the same is true for Verizon and Sprint. So G3 is something you have to look for. They're on the phone, and the copilot doesn't always look at this. She doesn't notice that it says Edge, which is not 3G service. It says that it has data service, but it's not. If it says our our phones, the iPhones have three connectivity options: AT&T, which means that it's slow old voice service; AT&T Edge, which means that it's the original data service, but very slow; and then AT&T. 3G, which is the fastest, and, and it's decently fast when you are using your iPhone to do data. So we always look for 3G, but it's what not good always available. What does it do
1: to look for it? You either have it or you don't have it.
0: Well, but that can explain to you why you're not getting, you can't look up the restaurants in the area because... Well, I'm going to try now what's coming down the road is WiMAX and WiMAX is interesting because uh, it also is very similar to 4G and WiMAX is a service which is being rolled out by somebody called Clearwire in this area and WiMAX has a a much broader range in that uh, you don't have to have nearly as many towers and the speeds are astronomical but if you want to go to WiMAX you have to uh, be in a once again in a city that that offers it it will be rolled out it has been slow so far and as we look down the road for us RVers uh, if you want to wait just a little while of course we don't want to forget the satellite service which Motosat and Datastorm which we have um, which is an option um, for about uh, $1,500 you can buy yourself a dish and pay the monthly fee so that you can have high-speed internet broadband internet uh, any place that you can see the southern skies and that's uh, for us been a very good service but if you're going to use cell phone if you're going to go out in the country you're going to have in the rural areas you're going to have big problems which is why you might want to have uh, a repeater or a booster in your rv so that you can extend the range of that 3g service A major topic among RVers these days is the idea of tethering. And tethering is connecting two devices together in order to share data between them. And it makes a lot of sense. Why should I pay for data on my smartphone and then have a separate service for my computer? Uh, Smartphones just don't do everything a computer does, so... The data is the same, and it would be very easy just to connect the two, or at least it should be. Uh, In years past, uh, and maybe some of you still do this, you can use a wire between your smartphone and the computer and share the data that way. Uh, That's kind of clunky and has its bugs in it. But these days, tethering is done usually wirelessly and what happens is that your cell phone your smart cell phone has a data connection that you pay for on a monthly basis and then with bluetooth which is another wireless frequency you can connect your cell phone to the computer and the computer then shares the data that was intended for your phone now this is good because you only pay for one service but providers don't like it because computers generally use a lot more data than does a cell phone and no matter how heavy a user you are on your cell phone it probably will not uh, use as much as a computer so they're rather reluctant to let you do this especially in light of the statistics that i gave you earlier that uh, cell phone towers are being overloaded so, for instance, AT&T does not really allow tethering its iPhone. It's not the iPhone's problem. It's AT&T's restriction. And they they allow tethering but $20 a month, and it doesn't include extra data. Now, you have to understand that even though almost all services say that they have unlimited data, that it really is capped at 5 gigabytes. Uh, And AT&T has recently capped it at substantially less gigabytes So tethering becomes kind of problematic But if you have a droid, you can tether for free Which means you can share the data between your droid phone and a, a wireless computer And it will work quite well And many people do this Exactly for how long this is going to work is unknown But it is a viable option at this time we don't want to leave off Wi-Fi because Wi-Fi is, has become very common in a lot of areas. Now, we were at the state park this weekend, and, of course, uh, this state park didn't have Wi-Fi, but the Texas uh, rest stops all have Wi-Fi, and we've been pleased with Wi-Fi. The problem with Wi-Fi is, is that it has a very limited range. And that if you're not uh, within 150 or so feet of the transmitter, that you're not not going to get Wi-Fi. And of course, Wi-Fi is, is totally unlicensed, and sometimes you have to pay for it, and sometimes you don't. But we found out that uh, all the McDonald's have now Wi-Fi, Starbucks have Wi-Fi, and many of the cell phone companies are offering Wi-Fi in conjunction with their cell phone. For instance, AT&T gives you access to all of their Wi-Fi access points in airports and uh, at Starbucks for free, but you need a password. Yes, but your f- iPhone has that f- password built in. So if you have an iPhone, you can have access to the Wi-Fi because they want you to get off of their s- cell phone data network so that you will use the Wi-Fi, which is much more robust. A Wi-Fi has a much larger capacity than any cell network. So you're going to see more and more of these interconnections. Um, and that's good for us because I would rather use Wi-Fi anyway because it, it is much faster. And so if I can go someplace and use their Wi-Fi rather than using the cell service, then that's good. Of course, Wi-Fi is unlicensed, which is going to become a key factor here in the not-too-distant future. Because we're going to see, and the FCC has just approved this in October of 2010, so very recently, uh, a bandwidth called Super (laughs) Wi-Fi. Now, we saw all of our TV channels going to digital. And in that transition, one of the reasons why the government wanted to do that is to free up bandwidth. And some of that bandwidth is going to be for sale to cell phone companies and other people to use for other purposes. So we're going to see probably in the not-too-distant future some big changes in the way cell data is delivered because it's going to be delivered over one of these new bandwidths but at the same time they they are about to approve super wi-fi and super wi-fi (laughs) uses a radio frequency that is that was or is between tv channels (laughs) now that may seem rather limited but the cool part about it is is that it's unlicensed and it will be quite powerful Because we know that these lower frequencies actually penetrate walls and things like that much better. They have much better distance than does the very high frequencies that we currently use for Wi-Fi. So we're going to see this super Wi-Fi coming out on devices that you hook up to a data service, like your home, and it will broadcast hundreds of feet rather than just a few feet. So this is going to make availability much broader because a campground can cover the entire campground with just one transmitter so they will be much more willing to put it in right now if you have a campground that covers a very large territory you know several acres you have to put in multiple towers if you want everybody to receive the signal and that's expensive and it takes you know costly to maintain but super wi-fi and this is, we're not exactly sure if that's going to be the, the, the ultimate name. Doesn't require any license, so that anybody can put one of these in, and it will be a much broader coverage service. And as with Wi Fi, it may be for a fee, and that you have to license, log in with a password, and pay a fee, or it might be free, but it might be much more ubiquitous than is the current Wi Fi that we see available. That's coming down the road, and that'll be here within a few years. So you might want to hold off if you're thinking about buying uh, some sort of uh, data service for your your RV, because this is going to affect people in RVs big time, I think. A quote that I read uh, says that while all three major carriers continue to expand their 3D data services, not all of them are expanding into rural areas that many RVers frequent. I, the the writer, monitor press releases from carriers that do not have to do with coverage, and I watch for RVers who report success or failure as they travel the nation. Based on my research, my opinion is that Verizon is still the most aggressive at expanding into rural areas. Sprint is a distant second, and AT&T can hardly keep their city customers happy and put nearly zero effort into rural expansion. So the bottom line here is if you are thinking about getting a data cell phone, a droid or if you don't mind waiting a few months for verizon to get the iphone you might want to get verizon as your as your data service for your phone which means um that you will have much better expansion into the rural areas which is where we travel you know frequently we're in those areas and i think we certainly would uh, find that to be true although i mean i don't know about verizon but i do know about at&t not being out in the in the boonies they have coverage but only for talking not for data so does that all make sense
1: yeah but i still don't know what that has to do with dig
0: well we want you to become diggers what is that dig we've been looking at tweeting we've been looking at facebook and i just don't think that most of our listeners want to get tweets from me and look at a facebook page and they don't want to have messages from me but Often I get things like we have just shared with you and articles, and I have lots more articles that I would like to share with you, but the time just is not there. I would like to share these with you, and I've been looking for a way to do this. And one of the most popular sites for sharing uh, articles and and related information is called Dig. Dig. And the idea here is is that the top dug articles float to the top. So when you go to the DIG main website, you see the most popular articles of the day.
1: So they're about Lindsay Lohan?
0: Could be. But what's happened is is that they now have a new DIG feature, which allows you to follow DIG users. So what happens? I find a very cool article and I dig that article on the dig website. You follow me can the RV Navigator and when you when I dig something it appears on your list. So right now I just dig a few people that I <laughs> that I dig and that by the way that's digg.com. You get an account if you follow me it's going to have RV oriented articles, technology oriented rv articles that will be of interest to you because i find lots of great stuff that i can, that i just don't have time to share but this would be a nice way to share it and i would like to have a medium a way for us to do that so you go to the website dig.com and you sign up and you can dig articles, and if you want to send me your your name, I will dig you, and we can dig together. And so, can people dig back at you with articles they like? If I am a follower of theirs, so you have to be friends. Is it like no, 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 it has nothing like? to do with friends. There's no personal information. There's nothing about me. It's just you dig me. So the stuff that I read and that I that I put on the dig website is shows up on your page. How would I find you?
1: If you're not writing RV about Navigator. Lindsay Lohan, you're not gonna to go to the top. No, I don't write anything. Well you're not digging articles about Lindsay Lohan, no, you're I'm not digging... gonna to go to the top.
0: That's how it used to work. Oh. Now you can do it that way also. You could put in technology and the top technology articles, the top dug technology articles. So like will, by keywords? Will be at the top. If you there are very few. But if you dig a person, you will get the articles that they dig.
1: But how would anybody find you except the people who you've just Because it says, do
0: you want to follow somebody, and you type in RV Navigator.
1: But how would people know that you were there?
0: Because I'm telling them.
1: But what if they weren't listening to this podcast? They they, would never find you.
0: They probably wouldn't. Okay. I'm just trying to understand Or if they go to our webpage, they're going to see a DIG motto there, so they can just click on it, and we'll automatically do that for them.
1: So you're kind of pre-selecting people you're going to
0: share. I'm not not selecting the people at all. I don't have any approval rights at all. They they just they select me uh-huh. as a follower of mine, and I might select them as I would like to follow them if they have interesting articles. If somebody has – and that's what I've already done. I have dug several people that I want to read their technology stuff, the things that they're reading. Like David Pogue? Like David Pogue. Uh-huh. Right. That's a good example. I would like to read the stuff he's reading that he digs. So, dear listener, we encourage you to take a look at Dig, the new Dig. Um, We haven't done Facebook and we haven't done Twitter, but we are going to dig. Both the RV Navigator and the co-pilot will be digging for you. There will be some recipes on the... Recipes? Well, whatever.
1: I'm not into cooking. Well, whatever you you dig. I just dig
0: you. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will... uh, Turn it off. Oh, good. (laughs) Just what I need in the middle of the day. We will be back next month, and uh, hopefully you will be listening once again, and you'll send us an email, and you'll dig us, and we will have lots of good conversation. But this is your RV Navigator saying so long for now.
1: And Martha the co-pilot saying it's been fun talking to you.
0: And we hope to see you in a campground near us in January. Bye now.